Anyone's Game podcast. Following women's football. Hello everyone and welcome to the Anyone's Game podcast. I'm Robbie Hunrathy and today I'm delighted to be joined by the burning star Colette Kavanagh and Anyone's Game pundits Kenny Bogue and Peter Quinn. How's it going folks? I'm well, how are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Great to have you on. I'm wonderful, Robbie. Thanks for having us on for a chat. So, Colette, we'll start with you, as we like to do here on these player interviews. We like to start with the getting to know you questions. So, first of all, where about are you from originally? Um, I'm from the south side of Glasgow, Newlands. And what was it like growing up there? Well, I wasn't, well, I was just playing with my brother out in the back garden and I had friends from primary, but once I went to secondary, I went to secondary in town. So it was quite a nightmare, like, meeting up with people. Was it something you wanted to really do from a young age, like playing football? Did you just, as soon as you got a ball at your feet as a kid, you knew that was for you? Yeah, so I knew, like, straight away that football was for me. Playing with my primary friends every day, like, after school really helped. And I remember once, it was Mother's Day, and I, I told my mum, right, we're going to sit in and watch Mamma Mia. So we, we sat down, got everything set, had snacks, and then my friend rang the doorbell. He went, do you want to go and play football? And I went to my mum, my mum, going to go, I'm really sorry. So I just left her. How bad is that? I was young. I wanted to play. <laughs> play for a team when you were younger? Um, I played for the primary, and then I moved to Rossville um, in Bishop Briggs, and then I played there for, I don't know, up until maybe under 13s, because... At secondary, my school was like focused on hockey and rugby, so I couldn't really join any secondary teams. So I just stayed at Rossville, and then I got a move to Celtic for under 15s. Obviously, Celtic are a massive club. What was it like joining a team at that age of Celtic's calibre? I guess what was women's football like at that point? Um, joining at like a huge club like Celtic was amazing. Um, I thought. Well, I still think the academy at Celtic's brilliant and the way that they develop their players is really good. But I just remember being young. I didn't really know that many women's footballers like at the top level of Celtic or Glasgow City. I, when I was young at Rossville and Celtic 15s, I hardly knew anyone apart from Julie Fleeton from the Scotland setup. She was the only footballer that I knew. But it's changed so much over the years. Like hardly known anyone to know like the younger ones known everyone so it's it's a huge difference now and is there many players that were at Celtic at that stage now that have sort of moved up to the same level as you um from 15s yeah no no one I know some people are like Nina Fitzsimmons at Queen's Park she's just joined Queen's Park um Monica Harty is at Kilmarnock and I think that's it from what I can oh, no. think so I guess that really just shows the dedication you've put into football from starting at under 15 at Celtic to still being at the top of your game in SWPL1 and you played for Celtic all the way through to be performing in SWPL1 and I think you picked up Player of the Month award at Celtic as well, did you? Yeah, so I, it's quite, it is a shame the way that women's football goes because it is such a huge commitment and when you're playing at a young age you probably don't get the rewards that you want so during my, um, my development from 15s to First team, I've seen so many people who had potential just drop out of the game completely. Um, and if I think about my time at Scotland under 15s, there's so many players in that 15s team who don't play anymore at all. 
Um, so it's it's such a shame to see those players drop out, but at the same time, it's it's good for me because I've just kept going. I'm persistent. I just keep working hard, and I've just focused on myself. What do you think would would make a difference to that then, moving forward, like for young players at that sort of age, to try to keep them keep them involved, keep them progressing? It's a tough one because you you have commit like it's such a huge commitment. Like I wouldn't go I wouldn't go to nights out. I wouldn't go to like my friends' birthdays because I had training that night. And for some people, maybe that's just too much commitment. Like social life, you have to think about your social life, and people do choose their social life over football. So it is a tough one. I don't think that teams can do anything to like keep players involved with the game because it's it's down to them and how much they want to develop. If they want to go to a party, then they'll go and they'll miss a training session. But I think it, it does come down to the player. And I think with the fact that there's better development in academies, it's making that progression and development so much better that they might get a chance of moving up age group or getting a taste of like development football or even first team football. So I think the pathway will hopefully motivate them to keep in touch with the game. But again, it comes down to the players. And I guess that is what makes an elite player at the end of the day, the fact that you're playing SWPL1 football, a team like Hibs, whereas these other players are nowhere to be seen, having that sacrifice and commitment because and that's without the financial, I guess, reward. Because I've seen many school-level quality footballers played for top teams in men's football who have chosen the partying and dropped out. So it's just a testament to yourself, really. Yeah, and it comes down to your family as well. Like, I wouldn't definitely not be where I am without my dad and my mum taking me to every game, every training session. So it does come down to the commitment and just, like, support from families. How pleased were your family when you signed for Celtic? Um, They they were buzzing. They're Mm -hmm. They're all Celtic fans, so... Um, they were really proud that I moved from Rossville to Celtic and then just developing through the ranks and getting to the first team at 16. It was a really good achievement and something that my family are really proud of. How do you see that development Celtics now went full-time professional and just the whole professionalism of teams like Celtic now in the Scottish women's football? I think it's brilliant, definitely for the league. It's 100% made it more competitive, but again, it's it's hard for these professional teams to, well, they do need to be challenged and some, are, some of the teams are semi-professional and some are just amateur. So I think for the professional teams, it would be amazing if everyone in our league could be professional so that the quality increases and there's more competitiveness even though there is a competitive this year I just think that if everyone can train the exact same hours get the same facilities same support then the Scottish League would be incredible but for now it's tough it's tough um, to really keep it even we need a multi-million pound sponsor don't we like like they've got down south that's what we need somebody to come in and go boom someone from Dubai (laughs) Newcastle's owners (laughs) (laughs) Yes, something like that would be really ideal because you do see people online look down on it because you see some very high-scoring results, but then you see teams such as Spartans bounce back really well and then get a draw against a very good Celtic team. So there's examples of that, of teams, semi-professional teams competing with professional teams. But I'm interested, Colette, 
How did you make that transition from playing with Celtic to where you are now with Hibs? So I moved through the ranks at Celtic and then when I was 16, just turned 17, I went to uni in Edinburgh and I didn't get much, well I did get some game time at Celtic but I was very inexperienced with playing in that league. So I moved to Spartans for a bit for game time and I got my confidence and then I went back to Celtic because I moved to back to Glasgow. When I was at Celtic for 2018, that's when I won the Player of the Year award and I was like playing in every game and competing well and challenging with like the best players who were at Hibs and Glasgow City at the time. So I was competing and then I just moved to Hibs after they approached me in 2019 just because at that point in the league and the time, Hibs were winning the Cups, they were winning stuff and I had never ever won anything apart from like an under-15s league title. But that was nothing compared to like SWPL football. So I moved purely on the basis of winning. I wanted to win and have that winning mentality and seeing how far that got me in football. And then the first year that I was at Hibs, we won the League Cup, which was amazing. I've never won anything, so I loved that moment. Would you say that was your biggest achievement in football? Um... I don't know. It's a tough one. The biggest achievement, maybe it might be the player of the month, but definitely as a team um, achievement, definitely the League Cup because that year so many people had written us off. They said, oh, so-and-so has left. How are you going to cope? How are you going to get goals? And we kind of proved everyone wrong that we still had a solid team. Even though people left, we still had a solid team and we still could compete. And as a team, we were delighted to have won that. But the Scottish Cup, we really wanted to win that as well. But even to be part of that 4-3 game, that was amazing. I loved it. Talk us through the final, Colette, for people that don't know, the League Cup final. How did that go? Who was that against and what, um, what happened? So it was against Glasgow City and it was on my birthday, the 24th oh, November. I remember perfect. it very clearly. And <laughs> Brilliant. It's my dad's birthday as well on that day. So I was turning 21 and we had lost all our league games against Glasgow City. So we knew we really have to perform well against City because they had been cruising in for that year. So yeah, what happened? What was it? Uh, halftime, 3-2-1 to City. And then we came back three each and then they got a last minute winner, 4-3. But to be fair, like it was such an amazing game to play and I think we got 3,000 and something fans. That was the first big game that I had ever played in with a huge like support and audience. I'd never played at Tynecastle before. So even the whole atmosphere and experience was amazing. But what about winning the League Cup? What happened in that final? It was nil-nil. Um, after full time, I went off with a cramp, which is usual. Um, and then <laughs> <laughs> we won on penalties. Jenna Fife made some um, brilliant saves. And I think it was Kaylin that finished off the last penalty to win it. So, yeah, it was brilliant. Loved it. I can imagine. What was it like watching the penalties? Were you like, ah! Yeah, I couldn't watch, <laughs> but again, you have to watch. So. <laughs> have you had games for... You're shaking the responsibility, standing up to take a penalty? Um, I've never ever taken a penalty <laughs> um, at SWPL level. I'm too scared. Um, I don't think I could handle that pressure. But I suppose if it was 
put on me, then I would have to stand up. You yeah. score absolute ballers. You could definitely have a penalty. No, I can't do tap-ins. I can't do no. tap-ins. Penalties, I I'll, I'll start. <laughs> it's, it's all tremendous goals. <laughs> Is that something you practice quite a lot, these like long range shots and all that in training? Um, my teammates will probably hate me. Well, they do hate me at training because I shoot from ridiculous angles and I always miss. And then <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm in a game, I'll shoot from that ridiculous angle and I'll score. So I'll just keep it that way. It's probably the best way around. <laughs> there could be a way to redeem yourself to your teammates now because we ask a question that we love to ask the guests here on the Anyone's Game podcast. I'd like you to name your ultimate five-a-side team with players you've played with or played against. You can be in it if you want to be. Oh, wow. Five <laughs> team, right. Oh, this is hard. Have you got a keeper? Yeah. Is it any You need a keeper. You're not playing backies. It's actually <laughs> people, have done, people have done either. So. Right, okay. I'll do any manny. Um, <laughs> any manny. Is that what you call it? I would say backies. <laughs> I didn't know what you were talking about there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a hard one. Right. I'll go for me because I love fives. I'll go for... Chinchia, the Glasgow City one. Um, Aaron Cuthbert. Um, we'll go for thinking of it like a centre half, a defender. We'll go for Shiv Hunter because she'll probably batter me at training. If I don't <laughs> um, we'll go for. I've played alongside Julie Fleeton, so I'll just say Julie Fleeton. Tell you, there's going to be some good goals scored in this team. I know, <laughs> but defending, Shiv can deal with the defending. Do you still score as good goals in fives or are you not as good in the smaller nets? Um, no, I, I just run in fives. <laughs> so did you play with Julie Fleet at Celtic? I played with Julie um, for one game. Um, I moved up to the development and they played, I think it was Strathclyde Uni and just a wee friendly. And Julie played a wee bit of that game. And as I said, like when I was younger, Julie was the only footballer that I ever knew. So when Julie was there, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> But then you just kind of get on with it. Yeah. And it's even good now, people like Julie Fleeting and Leanne Crichton have got more influential like media roles and everything. Yeah, definitely. I think it is definitely helping the game. Like Joelle's on BBC Alba as well, which is helping like the women's game grow even more. So it's really good to see them on like the, the platform that they are supporting the women's game. Yeah, for sure. But now I want to just touch a bit upon club football with Hibs, Colette, how would you assess the start to the season you've made so far? Yeah, it was been we started off really, really strong. We won against Spartans Motherwell and we had a really strong performance against Celtic. It was just a shame how well it's not a shame. I was disappointed and like we we're just embarrassed giving away that last minute goal when we deserved a point. Um so we started off really strong and again we played against the professional teams of Celtic and Rangers who train every day, they're with each other every day, they've got amazing facilities and we had really strong performances, although we didn't get the results that we wanted, we were comfortable on the ball, we, we defended well and going forward we did look a bigger threat than we did last year and with the new signings that has helped like Alexa Coyle going forward, it's, it's helped us go forward a lot more. So yeah, we started off really strong and it's just it's really disappointing how we lost against Celtic and that 1-0 defeat against Rangers and then the Partick Thistle game. We wanted to start strong for October and get as many points as we can and we started off with that loss against Partick Thistle so that was quite disappointing but hopefully we'll just pick up the points for the rest of the season. Is that signing you made from overseas 
in the summer kind of testify the direction the club wants to go in and the ambition they've got? Yeah, we had some really good signings over summer. We had Gabby in goals, Gabby English, and she just, I uh, don't know if you've heard her at the side of the park. She's always so loud and so enthusiastic. Sometimes she's a bit too enthusiastic. We want that. It's lifted the spirits um, in the team, and she's confident, and that's what we need. And we've got Alexa Coyle, who is such an, like, an athlete going forward. She presses, she runs for days. If she loses a ball, she'll win it back within seconds and that's what we need again and going forward it's allowed us to go higher up the pitch with Alexa pressing we'll press with her and hopefully win back the ball higher up so it's worked out really well and we've got Tony who came over and Tony's really skillful on the ball Was it pretty disappointing last season to be so far behind the top three after I guess always being in that top two is this kind of this season you want to narrow that gap with City, Rangers and Celtic? Yeah, definitely. We we started off really poorly last season. I don't know what it was, but after the um, December break, we came back and we clicked a lot more. And we got the uh, strong performances. We got that draw against Glasgow City, so we wanted to carry that on into this season. It is difficult to compete against professional teams, but if we've got a game plan and we've got strong players within our team, then we should get the results and we'll just keep working until we get the results that we want. We spoke to Dean Gibson after the, the Hibs game, no, the Hearts game, sorry, you are Hibs. <laughs> we, were, we, we were in this, sort of, it was quite cool actually in the press conference, but, and because you were fouled, I would say, right, and it should have been a penalty. I don't know if you remember, but somebody pulled you back, right, and we were saying to Dean, like, do you think that's a penalty? And he was saying that he wants you girls to get more nasty and appeal for more things. I mean, is that something that Dean talks about in training? Yeah, um, there. There's sometimes that we have to be more aggressive and it's quite funny because if the ball goes out in training and Dean says like the opposite decision, we'll shout at Dean, we'll scream at Dean. And Dean's like, why are you not screaming at the referee? Like, right. Don't give me all this um, aggression. So yeah, it's something that we are we are working on. And again, that comes down to the players and how much they want it. And obviously you mentioned Joelle Murray earlier on. Is she taking more of a coaching role now as well? Um, not, not so much. Just uh, She sometimes does like set pieces, but she's still very much a player and she right. does a lot of the training. I know she's been doing a coaching badge and stuff. I thought maybe she was yeah. doing a bit of coaching now as well. Just because you mentioned competing with these professional teams, how often do you train at Hibs? So right now we're training three nights a week with a gym session before or after training on one of the nights and then playing on a Sunday. Train three nights. Um with hips and then game on the Sunday but people do their own training right with and I guess some of the players in the hips side like yourself you have a full-time job on the side so it's a case of a balancing act sometimes with the training sessions and the game on a Sunday yeah I think you, you get used to it and um, definitely at school you had you had to learn how to like manage your time with homework and projects and whatever you had to do in part-time jobs so you kind of learn that very early on so when you get a wee bit older it's kind of natural to balance your work and your free time and your football so it's quite quite natural. I'll have to get some tips from you then because time management is not my uh, favourite thing to be. That's why I don't wear a watch. (laughs) I I say that that I've got good time management but I was very very late to a game against Sterling last year that everyone had thought I had crashed in a car crash because I wasn't answering my phone but I was just I turned up half an hour before <laughs> in fact last season there was one game where the traffic was, was absolutely awful I think you were playing Celtic. Celtic 
Yeah, because yeah, that was when I'm sure like Rachel Donaldson for Celtic showed up like 20 minutes into the match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so were you there like on time easily enough? Yeah, so the crash was just before, well, not just before, but a few miles before Hermeson Gate, and I should have taken the cut off towards the airport that all the Celtic players took because they went a wee bit later. But myself and Carla were stuck in that traffic. Yeah, so they, they like postponed the game um, by like an hour or something, which helped us. But when, yeah, it was a nightmare. Yeah, that's never ideal. But we speak about ambitions, wanting to narrow that gap this season. Do you set yourself personal targets at the start of each season, Colette? Um, not like specific targets. I just want to contribute as much as I can towards the game, whether that be through assists, through goals, through just like my energy. I don't have like a specific target. I just kind of take each week as it comes. And it must be a really proud moment when you're, you was voted SWPL1 Player of the Month for September. You scored twice in September, including a spectacular strike in that narrow defeat to Celtic. Tell the listeners just how good it does feel when you win these awards, such as the SWPL1 Player of the Month. Yeah, it's such a big achievement. It's, it is difficult to be like seen in our league because we've got such talented players in our league that to be seen or just to be nominated alongside Charlie and Ailey was a huge achievement itself. Um, everyone works hard for the first like first part of the season. Um, so just to get recognised in September was amazing and then to win it was just something else. So Colette, are you aware of the nickname that the Hibs fans have for you? I am indeed. Yeah, and the, the, the ginger Ronaldinho, what do you think of that? I love it. I think it's such a compliment. Uh, I did actually really enjoy watching Ronaldinho. Uh, I just remember always watching him on YouTube. Keep the ball at his feet. And when I was younger, I had huge buck teeth. So it is very fitting and it suits me. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. I love it. <laughs> That's a very good point. You mentioned not having very many female footballing influences growing up. Ronaldinho might be one men players, but any other players you based your game on when you was growing up playing football? Uh, you always watch Messi, but I don't really say I'm uh, Messi. But um, I just always remember Saviola, who used to play for Barcelona. That was my first like Barcelona strip. It was a gold one, and it had like a black line going down all that like was a the cool bottom. Yep, that was Saviola. So I always used to watch Saviola and um, Ronaldinho. Those were the only two really. Well, I'm, I'm sure Ronaldinho will be proud of some of the goals you've been scoring for Hibs. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> On the topic of Hibs, you have a SWPL Cup quarterfinal tie away to Aberdeen this Sunday. Just what are you expecting from that game? Um, so we recently played Aberdeen like two weeks ago or last week in the league and they were a very good side. They defended well and they made it tight for us to attack. So we're expecting the same kind of game, a very competitive game. And they've got young players, but they've also got a lot of talent within their squad. And quite a few of them are away in West Scotland, which was really good, really good to see. And they've got, I think, a very good um, like academy up in Aberdeen. So it's good to see them go away with their team. And I do think it'll be tough against Aberdeen. They know how we play. We know how they play. And um, we'll just see how it goes. Football is so unpredictable. Yeah, I was going to say, just the fact that it's a cup game just add that extra n- nature to the tie. Like for Aberdeen, they might have in the league game sat in a bit, but I guess they've got to come and have a goal as well. Yeah, um, cup games are so 
they're very nerve-wracking like anything could go your way and like you could have just a rubbish game like it's so unpredictable and it's knockout so if you score and you win that's amazing but if you lose like you had a chance to steal it like there's always a chance in cup games and that's what I think is really good for like the small not smaller teams but maybe the teams who are not at the top of the table as much they've got a chance to compete within the cup and not big teams out because anything could happen in the cup and I suppose it's good as well that Rangers and Celtic have paired with one another because that's one of the, the depressional sides out, isn't it, at the end of the day? Yeah, that's very good. I was quite happy with that. <laughs> I bet you are. <laughs> and I know Robbie was speaking to Joelle about this before, but how are you getting up to Aberdeen? Have you got a bus or do you have to travel up yourselves? Yeah, so we've got a bus. Woo! Yay! Whoa, I know. I'm out. <laughs> I know, I can't believe it myself. Um, so we've got a bus going up. So that would be good, getting with the team as well before and after the game. I think that's something that people should highlight with the, you know, you're talking earlier about the commitment for women footballers because people don't realise that sometimes you guys are working all day. You might have to drive to Aberdeen, play my game of football, drive back and then go to work the next day. You know, and people, some people don't appreciate that. Yeah, it's a huge commitment, but you do something that you love. It's very easy to do it. And once you're committed, it is a wee bit easier to do it. And once you do it once, then it's fine. You can do it again. So it's a huge commitment and, Maybe people don't understand how much you actually have to be dedicated to it, but that's all right. And I also guess it's an incentive when you're going two and a half hours or so up to Aberdeen all on the bus to get that victory because it wouldn't be the best of bus journeys home if you lose. No, we all sit in silence on the way back and probably cry. So we're hoping <laughs> to win so we can just have a wee chat on the way back. But yeah, fingers crossed. So would it just be a wee chat on the way back? No, sort of celebrating? Um, just a wee chat and maybe some biscuits, but that's about it. <laughs> What's that, biscuits? Um, jam creams and chocolate digesters. No refreshments allowed after a victory on these hips buses? Um, no, because a lot of us have work the next day. So very, just the biscuits. Very professional and I must say, it must just be great. It's great for us as pundits and it must be great for you as players to have the cup competitions back up and running this season after no cup competitions last season and a bit of a stop-start campaign in general. Yeah, I think last season it was really good that we were back because of COVID, but it was quite draining just to have just the league games. I think with the cup games, it's good to like uh, split it up and have a new focus, focus on the cup for a wee bit and then go back into the league with a fresh like mind, fresh start. Um, so it's really good to have both cups back. Also, you speak about really good things happening, especially this season. You had a record attendance for a Scottish women's football game, playing at Easter Road for a massive crowd against your Edinburgh rivals' hearts. Just how amazing was that experience in general? And getting the victory as well. That must just top it off. It was so good. I just remember coming out the like tunnel and I actually wanted to cry at how like loud it was and all that. Like I've never experienced anything like that apart from the Scottish Cup final with three thousand. But that was like mixed fans to have so many just Hibs fans there. It was amazing and it was such a good turnout. And as a team, we played really well. We probably let Hearts in into the game for like a wee short spell. But other than that spell, like we dominated and. We took our chances and we were clinical in front of goal, which was really good. And it was a good performance for all the fans who came to support us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But I think that was really good what Hibs done, though, giving away all those tickets. You know what I mean? Why not? 
when you're a little girl, you must dream of playing at like massive Scottish stadiums like Easter Road and walking out in front of nearly 6,000 fans. Yeah, it's, it's an, an experience that I've never like had before and to have it, I just I just want more more like it. And we've got, I think, the game against Hearts at Tynecastle coming up. So again, that'll be really good. We've already played at Tynecastle. It was a really nice stadium, great facilities. So it'll be good to um, replicate that with our performance and hopefully we get um, the same amount of fans. And how are you finding playing your home games at Livingston's ground? Um, I think it's fine. It's just a wee, it's a, a little drive out of Edinburgh, but the facilities are fantastic at Livingston and the pitch is brilliant. The pitch is nice and big and that's how we like to play. We like to have a lot of room to run around and press and everything. So it, it's really good. Yeah, because Captain Joel Murray, when I spoke to she did emphasise that, but she did make it clear that Hibs, they need the women's side in the heart of Edinburgh playing a stadium or something in Edinburgh for, so fans can easily access it, really. Do you yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think it is a wee bit difficult. Obviously, like we all drive, so it's easy for us to get out to the games, but there's going to be like younger fans who obviously don't drive, have to get a bus or a train, and I've never actually got the train out there, but I can imagine it's quite difficult. Um, so it would, it would be good in the future to have somewhere ideally near Easter Road if if the men can get somewhere like amazing fans surely those fans would just come down the road to our stadium if there was a stadium near Easter Road and just give us the same support but we'll just wait and see what happens in the future. And isn't there the new guy on the Hibs board I can't remember his name but he's been really pushing for this like for them to play at Easter Road and everything. Is it, is it Ben? Yeah Ben yeah I think that's his name yeah but I've, I've seen interviews with him and he seems really seeing the right things to get Hibs fans along and seeing the women's team as well. Yeah, he's been brilliant for not just the men's side, but our side as well. He's been promoting our game and it has made a difference. I'm pretty sure it was their decision to have us at Easter Road. So they came up to Dean and said, look, here's a pitch, have it for Hearts rather than us going to them. They came to us and said, look, this is yours, you can play on it. And I think just even that support, something that might not be big in the men's game is huge for us and that's what that's the support we need yeah and I've got to say in terms of just something I noticed I was at the Rangers Aberdeen game on Wednesday and throughout the whole game the Rangers v Celtic women's game was advertised around the whole stadium and that's at a men's game of 50,000 fans there so that can only be great in terms of the women's game in general of getting that awareness out whereas before clubs might have not promoted it as much and hips do the exact same their social media is very good with the women's side of things yeah it's definitely helping every team in the league um, just the awareness um, and recognition that I definitely we all deserve we work hard we're committed just like the men so just to have the same platform as them or the same support would definitely like help us progress even further well the game's definitely growing isn't it I mean you've got now as well I mean even on Twitter you've got the Hibernian Women's Supporters Club you've got the Rangers Women's Supporters Club you've probably got Celtic as well I don't know but I mean that must be good to see that you've actually got supporters clubs sort of sprouting up to, to support you as well yeah it's really good it's it's quite funny to see their opinions on the game like after the game I know the Hibs fans they normally have like their own player of the match which is quite good for maybe someone who didn't get recognised by like BBC Sport or BBC Alba they're probably going to get recognised the supporters page which is really nice it's a nice feeling to get recognised I, I can imagine as a player it must be great like for your family and friends to sit down on a it was a Sunday night but now it's a Monday night and see especially when you're scoring the pundits and the 
people talking about you and your goals live on the BBC. Yeah, it's amazing. I think that is such a positive move for our league and just normally it's the top teams who get the recognition, who get the highlights. But I think with every team getting the platform, they can showcase their ability and it gives those people who might not be seen because they're not part of a big team that um, age to like showcase their talent. And I, I think that has helped like the women's game grow even further. And it's quite funny. I've got a, a pupil at my work who comes up to me every um, Tuesday morning and he goes, oh, I've seen your goal at the weekend. And he talks <laughs> about Jane Lewis and he asks me questions like, um, what minute did you score at? And I'll be like, oh, like 37. I'll just say a random number. And he's like, no, wrong. It was 34. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Do you get a lot of questions from the kids? Do you feel like a bit of a mini celebrity when they're sitting there watching sports scene and then seeing you as a school teacher, which you taught us off camera before recording? It must be quite funny, actually. They can now see that and be like, oh, collect, such and such. I've seen this, oh, what a goal, etc. Yeah, it's brilliant. And it was so funny because some of my pupils were at the game at Easter Road and they all know me as Miss Kavanagh. They don't know me as Cav or Flex. So they're all shouting, Miss Kavanagh! <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying not to turn around and I'm actually laughing at some point and have to walk away from it because I need to, <laughs> I need to be serious. But I do want to turn around and look at them, but I have to be serious. So I was just laughing away to myself. <laughs> That's brilliant. And Colette, I just had a question that I noticed just before recording and um, why are you called dancing queen on the hips website is there a story behind that um so i think it was the hearts game i'm gonna say two years ago it was i think a league game and it, it was one each and then i scored a long range effort and my celebration was Saturday night by Wigfield. So I started <laughs> dancing along. And then from that, I think uh, Shiv Hunter did that celebration as well. And we just kind of like every, I think it was the Champions League summer. I like, I would put it on before the game and everyone hates it, but they do love it. Deep, deep down, they do love it. <laughs> so why have you dropped nice. that celebration? We've not seen that. I'm quite disappointed. I don't know. I don't, sometimes I don't even think I'm going to score and then it just goes in and then I just get like jumped on so I don't really have time to right, we need to bring back the, the Saturday night honestly you need yeah. to bring that back you score at the weekend we think future that we're attaching it to the podcast no I want the whole team doing it like the Brazilians remember how they used to do that <laughs> no I don't think I really don't think Joelle Murray will be doing that <laughs> she's a professional <laughs> but I will do that this weekend yeah you can do that for us Cav that'll be Great to see. Just clarify that. So you don't, before a game, you don't think, if I'm going to score, I'm going to do this today. Like, Scott Bell the other day doing a Morella celebration, you don't think, oh, I'm playing against Hearts, I'm going to get sick in the mountain. It's just like, it's just natural. Whatever happens in that moment will happen. Yeah, it just whatever happens. I, I don't really think, like, I don't expect to score. So when yeah. it happens, I'm actually quite surprised myself. So <laughs> that's enough. So you've had a, a great start to the season so far. Are you kind of having in the back of your mind the thoughts about a potential Scotland call-up? Or is that, do you still feel it's a bit early for that? Um, I would love a Scotland call-up just to train with the professional players like Caroline Muir and Aaron Cuthbert and Rachel Corsi. Like, I've not actually had, like, I've not had the chance. And I remember back at 15s and 16s, like, I wasn't, I, I know myself I wasn't good enough and I didn't play that many minutes in the uh, youth at 
Scotland, I didn't have that, that many minutes. And then after I think it was under 16s, I just focused on my club and I have focused on my club ever since like today. And it wasn't until like recently that people are saying, oh, it'd be good to see you in the Scotland squad. And that has actually like entered my um, head and got me thinking, am I good enough? Do I need to keep working hard? What do I need to do to be seen? And I just need to keep working hard and hopefully, like, hopefully I get a Scotland call up, even just to be in the camp. I would absolutely love to be with those players. I would just treasure the um, experience and I just need to keep working hard and hopefully that my time comes. Well, I don't claim to be an expert, but I think if you just keep doing what you're doing, you, that will come. You, you definitely deserve it because you've been playing brilliant this season. Thank you. Fingers crossed. There's no yeah. gingers in the Scotland team, so I'm just thinking <laughs> and we need how, a ginger, you might, a Scottish how you might to represent Scotland without a ginger. <laughs> I know. I think Pedro Martinez knows it was at that Eddie Madoiby game, so he clearly probably is keeping an eye on players such as yourself. And as you say, working hard, quietly, under the radar as such, it'll surely be a matter of time getting recognition for your performances with a Scotland call-up. But maybe, I, I don't know what your thoughts are, because I had said this, I was at the game, it was at both Scotland games, but the one on Friday night, I thought we was missing a bit of your magic from distance to uh, get that winner. Obviously, Rachel Coyce did eventually get it, but I was thinking, yeah, Colette Kavner, Hibs, she's going out. I would love that. The wind would probably help it go in if I shot from a distance. But um, no, I would love to play at Hamden. I think that's such a brilliant achievement. And the fans are always behind you at Hamden. You can, they're really loud. And um, same with the game at Paisley. Just the support that the Scotland fan, the Scotland team get um, would be really special. Keep working hard. Hopefully my time comes. Is it quite a, like one of these situations where the position you play in is quite well loaded in the Scotland squad? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would say myself as a centre mid purely because I just run all day and just give you lots of energy. But you've got the likes of Erin Cuthbert, Caroline Muir, Lisa Robertson, Lucy Graham. You've got such amazing players in the middle that I know that I've got to train and be in that same environment if I ever, ever want to compete against those top players. They've, they've been playing professional football for years and I've not got a year of professional football on me. So I don't expect to play, but I would love the chance to train with them to see what level that they play at and how good they actually are in person because you see them on TV. And I said this um, from a Champions League game, like you see players playing on TV and you're like, oh, they look okay. But when you're actually playing against them, they are 10 times better, 10 times faster, um, stronger, fitter than you. So I think just to see, like, train with them in the flesh would be amazing. So it giving you a bit of confidence and hope going forward as well that, you know, seeing some of your, your Hibs teammates managing to, to break into squads and, and, and start to, to really contribute. Yeah, definitely. I think those players, we've got Smalley, Leah and Amy Muir and they've all had really um, strong starts this season and last season as well. So it's really good to see them get the recognition and again, training with those professional players because they're training with us and to train and be with the professional players is a really good experience for them as well. So I'm happy for them. Did they come back into the Hibs camp after being aware of international duty and speak about their experiences of playing with all these top world-class players? 
yeah, they they always come back and they always uh, they're always so grateful of the opportunity, which is really good. And they always say good words about the team and what they did. So again, that just like makes you want to go there and get a taste of what they're experiencing. So hopefully one day. Yeah, well, this is the uh, World Cup in 2023, so here's hoping you'll be an established uh, Scotland international by then, Colette. Here's hoping, because I actually remember saying this to one of my pupils, like, I must have been three years ago, I told them about the World Cup in 2023, and I said, like, mm, keep an eye out for me, and <laughs> I, I really hope I get in, like, just a training camp, so they're like, oh yeah, there, there's that teacher. <laughs> So they don't think I'm a fraud. No, well, well, Colette, no, that's been absolutely fantastic hearing about your experiences at Hibs and Scotland ambitions. You two lads got any more questions before we round it up? And I hope you do get a Scotland call up. We're always cheering you on. We can, oh, we can give you player of the match all the time. Yeah, time. Fair, Robbie, Robbie actually did message us on our WhatsApp chat during the game, I'm pretty sure, saying, see if we had Colette Kavanagh here, we'd, we'd be sorted. Really? During, during the match. It was so funny. You were, you were sat with, uh, what is it, Jack at the time, so that might have influenced you as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was with uh, a high beat at the time. Me and that Chris, me and that Chris for leading the line were cuddling when the, the winner went in. He was sitting right next to me and we ended up cuddling each other. We're like, oh, God, bananas. <laughs> <laughs>